Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 22 of the 2023 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And now this is the fifth and final installment of the pre-combine edition. That's right, we've covered all of the defense. We've covered the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends who took the field on Saturday. And now, recording this Sunday morning... March the 5th, we're going to see the running backs and offensive linemen, the groups that normally kicked off the combine will now be closing things out. We've got a lot to cover here. We have 27 running backs and 50 offensive linemen. And what I want to do is talk about one thing that I'm expecting to see or that I'm looking for from each of these prospects on Sunday. Before we do that, really quickly, Saturday, we saw Anthony Richardson, 4.44 in the 40, over a 40-inch vertical leap. This guy is setting records. He's impressing people in the interviews. He's one of the big winners there at the Combine. But look, C.J. Stroud also looked like QB1. And and here's the thing. Bryce Young measured in at 5'10 and 204 pounds. Undersized. And it's one of those things to where most teams are going to be looking for a guy who has a little bit more size, right? Bryce Young has all the intangibles, everything that he does, the arm strength, really everything is a plus when you watch his tape. His tape is so good. And yet, because he's 5'10", you worry about that that durability. 5'10 and an eighth, really. He falls more into that Kyler Murray and the Russell Wilson category, but he's a lot slighter in terms of his frame than either of those two guys. C.J. Stroud, I I think that Georgia game, that tape really uh, has kind of set the stage saying, is that the quarterback that we can expect to see from C.J. Stroud? And and so I think C.J. Stroud is making a strong argument as QB1 in this draft class. And then Will Levis, you know, he, he might be a step behind those guys, but look, he had a howitzer for an arm. I think the other quarterback that really impressed was DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson out of UCLA. Uh, receiver wise, uh, you know, Bryce Ford Wheaton, for, for as big as he is as a receiver, you know, running sub 4 4 was really impressive. Trey Palmer had the number one uh, 40 time there for, for the receivers. Jalen Hyatt was another guy that ran really well. Jordan Addison runs a 4-4-9-40. Just looked so smooth in, uh, in in the drills. So, you know, a lot of receivers that looked really good. And then at, at the tight end position, uh, you know, Zach Kuntz, we knew he was going to be an athlete, but good Lord, this guy, you know, he's 6-7 and, you know, running in the four sixes and then a 40-inch vertical leap to top it off. Uh, and then Darnell Washington, th- this guy, I think, almost solidified his status as a, num- as a, a first-round pick. A guy that we always knew for his blocking, but uh, the athlete that he is, you know, we'll be breaking the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends down in terms of their performance during the the post-combine edition, which will be sometime later on in the week. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the running backs because, look, we've got a lot to cover here in a short period of time. And RB1 is going to be Israel Abanacanda. So Izzy, 5'11", 215 pounds. And this is a guy, look, you know, he was incredibly productive in 2022, uh, over 1,400 yards on the ground. That's six yards per carry, 20 touchdowns. Also had had 38 receptions in his career, his three years there with the Pimp Panthers. Um, You know, a a guy who 
you know, I, I continue to want to see him develop as a pass catcher. But uh, I love the lateral agility. I think that's something that you're definitely going to see. This is a guy that can come, you know, the start stop ability and then put his foot in the ground, get north and south, and accelerate to full speed uh, very quickly. Um, he's a guy that can get to the edge in a hurry as well. Very patient as a block, as a runner as well to wait for his blocks. So I'm going to be curious to see, you know, that lateral agility to go along with that vertical speed. Devin Aching, Texas A&M, 5'9", 185 pounds. 10 200 meter speed so the question really is going to be what's that 40 time going to be out of divination he's one of those guys that i'm really looking forward to there um this is a guy look he can cut on a dime you know we saw the you know a 95 yard kickoff return for touchdown during the season uh against appalachian state he changed changed speeds waited for a block and then once he hit the hole he was gone you, know, you see the speed, that's that's really what his game is. But what you saw this year that you hadn't really seen in his game previously was the physicality to finish his runs. I think against LSU especially, you saw him really dropping that pad level and really starting to, to run hard uh, between the tackles. Stiff arm on, on Jay Ward on, on a big 24-yard run. So that's one of the things you know, that obviously we want to continue to see out of Devin A. Shane. Um, you know, if you look at his stats, over 1,100 yards this year, his, his totals continue to get better and better each and every year. 65 receptions, including 36 this past season. So just want to continue to see that on display. Not a, a, a huge guy. So really, when you're watching him as a pass blocker, that's another thing. You know, that, that technique, something that I'm going to be looking for out of him. Tank Bigsby. So you're going to go from from the, the smaller Devonation to De Tank Bigsby, who's six foot, two hundred, probably two hundred and ten pounds. A guy who, you know, um, at one point ESPN noted, I think it was during the LSU game, you know, before contact, he averaged 0.54 uh, yards per rush, which was 236th in the FBS. But then 4.33 yards after contact, which was tied for 12th in the FBS. So a guy who. You know, once he gets hit, the contact balance, his ability to break tackles, that's something that you absolutely see. But you just want to see the type of athlete that he is. I think that's really the biggest thing for Tank Bigsby right now is you know, he can make guys miss in the open field. You see the lateral cuts. You see the spins. You know, he, can, he can make you miss. And, and that's something that I, I think really everyone wants to continue to see from Tank Bigsby. Um, when, when you look at Bigsby, if you look at the stats, uh, just came 30 yards short of, of being a back-to-back uh, thousand yard rusher have his second season with, with 10 touchdowns also 62 receptions in his career including 30 this past season so you know obviously i, I think you know he's he's well uh, adept at, at catching the football out of the backfield he's one of those guys that i'm also you know looking forward to seeing as a as a blocker and then some of those blocking drills which takes us to chase brown there out of illinois and look 511 205 pounds this is a guy who really set the world on fire. This was a guy that was one or two in terms of leading the FBS on the ground. Uh, 1,643 yards, 10, uh, 10 touchdowns, 27 receptions on the year as well. But this was a guy who just continued to churn out 100-yard games. Dating back to the Northwestern game last year, 10 straight 100-yard seasons. And during this, this season, all but two of, of those those 12 games had at least 100 yards on the ground. So a, a guy that you know I, I think continued to seem to get better as the game went on. 
Um, very patient as a runner. I think that's one of the things that you absolutely saw. A guy who has speed on the outside, power on the inside, and then I think he's a pretty darn good running back, uh, running back out of the backfield, you know, catching the passes and being able to make some plays in, in the open field. Um, so definitely a guy who's a lot of fun to watch and uh, a, a guy that I'm looking forward to. This is a guy that uh, some people don't have coming off the board until the fourth or fifth round. I don't really understand it. I'd love to see this guy in, into that third round range. I, I think he's he's one of those guys that offers some versatility because of the power and the speed uh, along, to go along with uh, his ability to catch the football out of the backfield. Look, he and Sidney Brown, his brother, his identical twin, could both be drafted in the third round of this draft. Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. Big physical running back, 6'1", 220 pounds. I'm really curious to see what he's going to run in the 40 because uh, this is a guy, he, he doesn't have that game-breaking speed where he's going to take it to the house on any given play. Man, he's going to get yards in bunches. You see the contact balance. You see his ability to just run through arm tackles. And, and a guy who uh, is also a talented receiver. You see his ability to catch the football out of the backfield, turn up the field, and then once he has that football in his hands, then he turns into that running back. Um, you love the leg drive after contact to pick up additional yards. He's going to drop that pad level. But you know, also, he's going to press the line of scrimmage, bounce it to the outside. Really just want to see the type of athlete that, that Zach Charbonnet is because, man, he is so good. He's my number three running back in this year's draft class. 1,300 yards this past season, seven yards per carry. Back-to-back uh, -back seasons with at least 13 touchdowns. Uh, also, second season with going over 1,000 yards. Uh, the, the transfer from Michigan really uh, has done a, a tremendous job there for the Bruins. Uh, 75 receptions in his career, 61 in the two seasons under Chip Kelly. Again, what type of athlete are we, are we getting with Zach Charbonnet? We know about the physicality. We know that he's got some speed, but uh, not really the game breaker. So he's a guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing there at the combine. Next is Travis Dye. And, and Travis Dye, you know, you want to talk about a leader. This was the guy who was the leader of that USC uh, offense and tore his ACL against Colorado. And that really seemed to kind of take the wind out of USC sales. You know, that, that was really the, the biggest thing that you saw there. This is a guy who I think you know is going to be one of the quicker, faster running backs in this draft class. A guy who isn't afraid to stick his nose in into the pass blocking duties. A guy who's an exceptional receiver as well. And, and he's just a model of consistency. It didn't matter you know, whether he was playing at USC or you know his years there at Oregon. A guy who just always, uh, you knew what to expect when you were getting him uh, out there on the football field. You know, this past season, over 1,200 yards. I'm sorry, 1,200 yards in, in 2021 with USC during the 10 games. 884 yards, 6.1 yards per carry. You know, a guy who has 104 receptions in his career, uh, including 85. I'm sorry, 87 in the last two seasons with the Ducks and the Trojans. And, and a guy who I think he's getting close. It sounds like he's getting close to uh, being at full speed. You know, I saw I saw some tape online with, with some of his workouts, and he's a guy to me that I, I think is going to surprise a lot of people at the next level. And then you have Tion Evans out of Louisville, 5'11", 210, and uh, you know big physical back. The Tennessee transfer, look, you know this is a guy in eight games, 83 carries, 
525 yards and six touchdowns. You know, wasn't a major major factor this this past season, but this is a guy. I, I think he's got good vision. I think you see some of that lateral quickness as well from him. I, I don't know what that vertical speed is really going to be. Wasn't much of a factor in the passing game. So I think he's a guy that if he's looking to get himself drafted on on day three, expecting to see a a big day from him there at the combine and then going forward get that momentum going into his pro day. Zach Evans. 5'11", 2'12", the transfer from TCU to Mississippi. And, and this is a guy who is, is an interesting guy uh, because he's got the size, he's got the physicality, and then he's got the speed on the perimeter. Uh, a, a guy who had to share the backfield with, with Quinchon Judkins. And, and so if you just look at the stats, it's not necessarily going to, to wow you, but it's, it's just so much more than that. This is a guy who averaged... Uh, seven yards per carry for his career uh, 926 yards on the ground this past season for Lane Kiffin's offense nine touchdowns a guy who also you know didn't have to catch the football a ton just 30 receptions in his career but the athlete the athleticism and then the, the physicality for him as well those are things that definitely jump out uh, needs to, to watch the ball security when he's fighting for extra yards but uh, definitely a guy that I'm going to be looking forward to. Just curious to see how fast he is um, in that 40. Um, you know, so I, I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch him because right after him is going to be Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. 5'11", 200 pounds. This is a guy, look, he, he didn't have to play in the, in the Sugar Bowl against Kansas State, but he decided, you know what, I want to play one last game. A transfer from Georgia Tech. Explosive. Dynamic in space quick acceleration to get to full speed he's going to be a guy that you're going to be watching the drills and just you know he's going to be wowed by the, the lateral agility and then that 40 time i think is going to you know you're going to see him get to full speed in a hurry i'm really looking forward to seeing what that's going to turn out and then the soft hand as a receiver i think that's something that you're definitely going to see out of jameer gibbs as well an excellent pass uh, not only pass catcher but route runner uh, so He's definitely a guy that I think can really move his way into that round one consideration. Uh, 926 yards for Bama this past season, seven touchdowns. Another guy with at least 100 receptions in his career. Did that in three seasons, 44 this past season for the Crimson Tide. And, uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs to me, he's my uh, running back number two and, and is a lot of fun to watch. Eric Gray out of Oklahoma, transferred from, T, uh, from Tennessee, was there for a couple of seasons with the Sooners and a guy who has excellent vision. You see the wiggle in the hole, uh, his ability, he can drop the pads a little bit, but you know, I, I love that versatility, his ability to run on the outside, his ability to, to hit the hole coming downhill as well. And uh, uh, the patience is something that absolutely jumps off. And uh, you know, then that contact balance, he's a guy that's just gonna run through tackles, continue to, to keep that momentum going forward. And uh, big season in 2022, over 1,300 yards on the ground, 6.4 yards per carry, and 11 touchdowns. 99 receptions, including 33 this past season. And so he's definitely a guy who shows the ability to catch that football out of the backfield and get up the field in a hurry. You know, also, uh, ball security, not an issue with Eric Gray. Very rarely fumbles. So definitely a reliable running back and a guy that you know, if he can run a really nice 40 time, showcase some of that speed, you know, he, he could be a top 10 running back in this draft class. Evan Hull out of Northwestern, 5'11", 210. Um, surprising burst out of this guy. He, he's the phys 
physical back, a guy that's going to churn out yards. He's not a burner, but he can pick up chunk yards. Um, he's more sudden than he is fast, I think. Um, a guy who I think you know really has been surprising in the All-Star games. So I, I think this is a guy, it's, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how he performs. Um, you know, a redshirt junior, so he decided to come out um, a year early. Uh, just fell less than 100 yards short of being a back-to-back 1,000-yard uh, uh, rusher. And uh, a guy, look, 55 receptions this past season. I believe that was most among running backs this past season. So Evan Hall is one of those intriguing running backs. You know, a guy that team, if teams are looking for a running back um, you know, in, in the middle to late day three, Evan Hall is going to be that guy. Mohamed Ibrahim, 5'10", 210. This is a guy who he's an instinctive running back, a guy who, look, he, he's at the single season rushing record at Minnesota this past year, um, and a guy that just, he's, he's everywhere in, in the Gophers uh, record books. And with Mohamed Ibrahim, I, I think everybody knows this was a guy that was on his way to having just a tremendous season this past year. And then, uh, you know, 162 yards or 163 yards and two touchdowns in one game. And then ends up tearing his knee. You know, when this guy is healthy, he is productive. Three seasons over 1,000 yards. This past season, it was 1,665 yards and, and 20 touchdowns. Not much of a factor in the passing game, but look, you know, Minnesota's offense was all designed around the run. So you want to see what he can do with, with catching the football out of the backfield. A guy who likes to get downhill in a hurry, that low pad level. Uh, you know, he's not going to run by you by any means. But man, once he gets ahead of steam coming downhill, he's so difficult to bring down. And uh, that's something that I think definitely jumps out to you. 53 touchdowns in his career on the ground. So definitely a guy with a nose for the football. Uh, the medicals are going to be huge for him, I think. Um, you know, a guy that just continued to battle injuries throughout his career. Uh, but he's just such a hard runner down, downhill and, and really a lot of fun to watch. Then you got Roshan Johnson out of Texas. He's about 6'2", 222 pounds. A guy who doesn't have a lot of uh, wear on those legs. And so I, I think he's one of those guys that after Bijan came out there for the Longhorns, the, the running back position didn't really fall off. You know, this is a guy who just has 392 carries in four seasons at Texas, uh, over just under 2,200 yards on the ground, 23 touchdowns, also 56 receptions. He's somebody who's really intriguing. You know, I, I don't know exactly where he's going to come off the board. Is he going to be a second or third round pick, or is he going to be a fourth rounder? But he has a powerful leg drive between the tackles, and then a, a guy, you know, especially on, on those zone runs. Patient, 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 foot in the ground, and then gets gets to the hole in a hurry. Hunter Lepke, North Dakota State, 6'1", 236 pounds. This guy is an incredible fullback, a guy who is a patient runner, lines up a tight end, always seems to fall forward, you know, really dropping that pad level, and just keeps that pile moving. Excellent route runner as well, runs these wheel routes, and just the, the hands, tracks the football really well. Uh, good burst coming downhill. I don't expect the 40 time to be phenomenal, but this is just a, a tremendous athlete and a guy who I think, you know, he, he's not just a fullback. He's kind of a jack of all trades. Somebody to definitely keep an eye on. Then you got Dwayne McBride. 5'11", 215 pounds there out of UAB. This is a dude who was just an absolute machine for the Blazers. Opted out of the Bahamas Bowl to prepare for the NFL draft. So it wound up with over 1,700 yards on the ground. Finished first in the FBS. That's 155.7 uh, rushing yards per game. 
to, to lead the FBS. 7.4 yards per carry, which was six in the FBS. 19 touchdowns tied for second in the FBS. And then also 10 100-yard games, which tied him with, with uh, Chase Brown there for number one overall. And, uh, you know, with Dwayne McBride, you know, he wasn't really asked to catch the football out of the backfield. So that's really the biggest thing that I'm looking for, just five receptions in his career. Uh, so you want to see him be able to catch that football uh, and make plays in the passing game. Um, but a guy who is going to shoot that hole, get downhill in a hurry, uh, you know, curious to see what that, that speed is going to be. But, uh, man, once he gets downhill, you're, you're going to see some moves in the open field. He, he could be a little shifty and, and a guy who's going to, he, he, you know, run you over if he needs to. Um, Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia, 6'1", 210. This is a guy, you know, he's got that upright running style, uh, which, you know, kind of lends to, you know, getting hit easily. But uh, a dude, once he puts his foot in the ground, he's kind of a one-cut-and-go type of guy. And then he gets downhill, and then he, he can – he can rack up yards in a hurry. A guy that has the speed to get to the outside as well. Physicality between the tackles. And look, you know, he it was a running back by committee there at, at Georgia. What else is new, right? But, you know, he, he's in the next in line uh, for a Georgia running back to get drafted. A guy that I think could be drafted on day two. Uh, I think a team like Miami who needs a bigger back. This guy would be a, a perfect fit for him uh, for that, that program in four seasons. Just 279 carries, had 149 this past season, so not a ton of wear on the tires as well. Uh, 829 yards, 10 touchdowns, 76 receptions um, in in the last, um, well, 75 in the last three seasons, 43 in 2022. I, I think Kenny McIntosh, you know, especially if he comes out and runs a really solid 40 time, is a guy that you know could solidify his status as a day two running back. Kendra Miller. Six foot, 220 pounds. The guy looked just under 1,400 yards on the ground. Six, 6.2 yards per carry and 17 touchdowns. Uh, you know, ultimately missed that, that CFP National Championship due to a knee injury uh, that he sustained in the Fiesta Bowl against Michigan. But uh, a, a dude who has has some speed to get to the edge and get to the boundary. Uh, good contact balance between the tackles physical back you know, you're going to see him drag tacklers for extra yards i think he's elusive in, in the backfield as well can make you miss a little bit you see some of the jump cuts ability, jump cut ability uh, outside zone very patient as a runner as well uh, and so 2022 was really a breakout year for Kendra miller the guy that has continued to improve each and every year so uh, you know i'm really looking forward to seeing his workout as well uh, then you have Keaton Mitchell out of East Carolina. Kind of surprised that he came out 5'9", 184 pounds. This is a dude who has speed for days. Let him get on the outside and is an absolute burner. You, know, you get him get him in the open field, he's going to make you miss. He's a guy that has that speed, that, that second gear to really have that breakaway uh, ability. A guy that just racks up 50-plus yard uh, runs, had five touchdowns, 50-plus yards in 2021. And uh, look, you know, the, the, the thing with him, there is some, some youth to him, the, you know, the youth movement there. Redshirt sophomore, uh, 1,452 yards, second year with at least 1,100 yards on the ground, 7.2 yards per carry, 14 touchdowns, 27 receptions as well. Uh, this dude is explosive, and that's really what you're going to see from him. He's kind of undersized, you know, just 5'9", 186 pounds. 
but you know, really a bolt of lightning and a guy that can really be a nice change of pace back at the next level. Cameron Peoples, 6'2", 220 out of Appalachian State. This was the guy that really set, uh, set the world uh, on fire with his performance there in the, the Myrtle Beach Bowl against East Carolina. Broke the record, uh, NCAA Bowl record, four yards in that game. 22 carries, over 300 yards, and, and five touchdowns. Um, really a, another guy that has that upright running style. Um, you know, he's physical coming downhill. That's really his game is he's going to want to, you know, hit that line of scrimmage and then muscle his way and continue to, to work downfield and churn those legs out and continue to churn out yards. The guy that we didn't always see um, in split time there at Appalachian State, but, uh, you know, he, he's definitely a guy that is intriguing I think he'll probably end up being a an undrafted free agent, so I think he really needs to, to step up his game uh, here at the Combine and in the workouts. Daneric Prince out of, uh, out of Tulsa. This is a guy who um, is a guy that can make you miss in the open field. Um, you know, he cuts, gets to the hole, uh, some lateral agility to his game as well. Um, he's one of the, the, the running backs that not many people are, are really talking about. Uh, but a guy that I think could definitely help a program uh, there at the next level. Uh, brings some physicality to the game as well. Uh, played in just eight games for uh, the Golden Hurricane, uh, but uh, 1,700 yards in his career and uh, 17 receptions. Not much of a pass catcher. A guy that's kind of more of a um, more of a two-down back than anything else. I think at the next level. So that's really one of the things that you have to look at is, is you know, the type of, of uh, pass catcher he's going to be as well. Bijan Robinson, pick number five there for Texas. Six foot, 214 pounds. If you're just talking about the you know, the best overall players in this draft class, Bijan's got to be in your top 10. I mean, what he was able to do, you know, he's got the physicality. You know, he, he runs hard. He reminds you a little bit of, of Saquon Barkley with that, but then he has that home run speed on the outside uh, and then his ability as a pass catcher that's one of the things that I think is going to be fun to watch his ability to contort his body he looks like a receiver as he's catching the football because he, he can adjust to the football so well and uh, you know look this guy can take over games and uh, you know he, he, he makes these, these plays that remind you of, of guys like Reggie Bush uh, and obviously we're throwing out you know big names and it's one of those things to where you know that might be lofty comparisons uh to some degree but look over 1500 yards this past season 18 touchdowns also 19 receptions has 60 in his career and uh, a guy who isn't afraid to stick his nose in in uh, in pass protection as well he's just he's he's so much fun to watch he'll, he'll break tackles he's got the speed to go the distance on the outside so elusive in the open field, he'll make you miss a couple of times, and then and then he'll run you over. Uh, Bijan Robinson, to me, is is the standard there for for this running back class, and uh, a guy that look, you know, if, if you've got a team like the Eagles, depending on what happens with with Miles Sanders, or you know, if they bring anybody else in in free agency, why not take him there at, at number ten? You know, you got Jalen Hurts and Bijan Robinson in your backfield. I mean, that's a dynamic duo if I've seen one. Chris Rodriguez, Kentucky. 5'11", 225 pounds. Obviously a guy that's going to have to crush the interviews with uh, you know, the suspension that he had. 
but uh, you know, he, he's physical between the tackles, has a good burst coming downhill, um, decent fluidity in hips for his size, but uh, he's really known for his power. I think that's really the biggest thing that you're going to see out of Rodriguez is a guy that uh, is going to continue to turn out yards and uh, is going to want to get physical with you at the point of attack. Uh, really the best tape was with 2021 over 1300 yards on the ground 10 touchdowns and then in eight games though uh you know he, he really kind of returned to form over 900 yards this past season as well not much of a factor in the passing game so that's the other question too is is this guy really just a two down back um, that kind of limits some of his draft stock but a guy that i think can get physical in uh in pass protection tajay spears 511 195 pounds just turn on the USC game in the Cotton Bowl. I mean, this guy almost single-handedly uh, took the cream wave back and ultimately beat the Trojans. A guy who was so elusive in the open field. A guy that, that can run with power. Uh, you see him using that. That, that There was a play where uh, it was a throw into the flat. He was able to duck under the defensive end, Nick Figueroa. Danced down the sideline and ultimately stepped out. You know, very next play it was a wildcat and was able to get a quick burst up the field to score. Uh, give him a little little hole and he's going to shoot right through it. Um, breaks multiple tackles on on plays. Um, the speed to the outside and, and he'll run through your arm tackles. I mean, USC struggled, uh, you know, with with tackling. Period. But this was a dude who just really, uh, really exposed that. And uh, the, the physicality is so much fun to watch. Um, I, I think he's a decent receiver as well. And, uh, you know, he's not afraid to stick his nose into uh, pass protection. That was something that you definitely saw at the Senior Bowl. You saw his ability to catch passes as well. And it just seemed like any time they needed to get, you know, there, there was a big play in practice on the ground. It was Tajay Spears that was actually doing that. So this past season, over 1,500 yards on the ground, 1,581 to be exact, 19 touchdowns, also 48 receptions in his career, including 22 this past season. Um, to me, he's one, of, he's one of my favorite running backs in this draft class because despite his, his smaller size, the dude creates plays. He plays physical. He plays a lot bigger than, uh, than that size. And uh, a guy that I think could get himself drafted in that third to fourth round range. Tavion Thomas out of Utah, 6'2", 221, patient, physical. He's a guy that likes to run between the tackles, the guy that shut it down early for, for Utah. So that was a bit of a, a downer, was wanting to see a little bit more out of Tavion Thomas. Um, wanted to see him close out the season with his team, but I know battling some injuries, um, ultimately decided he wanted to go ahead and start focusing on the draft. Um, so, you know, that's a, a question that you know he'll have to ask for answer for sure. But uh, 1,100 yards and 21 touchdowns in 2021. Follows that up in 10 games with uh, 687 yards and 7 touchdowns. Uh, again, very physical. And a guy between the tackles, um, I thought Micah Bernard and, uh, and some of the other running backs really uh, were more of a factor in the passing game. So that's going to be something else that you're going to be looking at. Is he just a big physical back that you can put in in short yardage, goal line situations? Or is he a guy that, that you could also put into um, you know, catching the football out of the backfield? So Roderick Thompson. Texas Tech, 6'1", 215. This guy, you know, he's very much a downhill runner. One cut and go, let him let him take off. Um, good speed on the outside, pretty good physicality to his game as well. 
Um, uh, you know, injuries seemed to derail this guy every time he started to get off to a really good year. You know, it seemed like he would injuries would kind of slow him down a little bit, right? Over 2,600 yards in his career with uh, the Red Raiders, 40 touchdowns, also 91 receptions. Uh, you know, this guy was a leader for that program and, and a guy that he doesn't have that game-breaking speed, but a guy that has that burst and a guy that does have decent contact balance as well. A guy that uh, can make you miss a little bit in the open field, which is surprising for a guy uh, of his stature. And uh, look, you know, a three-time team captain, so you're definitely getting a guy who is going to be a leader, but those injuries, the medicals are going to be key for him. Sean Tucker, 5'10", 210 pounds, um, powerful running back, a guy who has tremendous speed on the outside as well. Um, this was a guy who ran a track to really, you know, work on that, that speed, and it definitely showed. You know, this was a guy that um, has tremendous speed to, to get to the outside, and then once you allow him to get into the open field, this is a guy that, that can absolutely turn on the afterburners. Um, you know, I, I think you know, he still has some development as, as a back. Um, you know, 64 receptions in his career, back-to-back 1,000-yard -back seasons. Really, the 2021 tape was better than 2022, uh, in my opinion. Uh, a, a guy that, uh, uh, you know, he, he broke the Syracuse single-season rushing record. Um, you know, so the speed is going to be his game. I think that's really, you know, he'll, he'll be one of those guys that I think you know, we're expecting to see him run a really, really fast 40 time. And then the little guy, Deuce Vaughn, the diminutive one. What's he going to measure right now? You know, 5'6", 173 pounds, they're out of K-State, and a guy that just reminds you so much of Darren Sproles. Um, two guys that, that were there at Kansas State. This guy just hides behind his blockers and then has that, that speed, that explosiveness to just, you know, get downhill in a hurry. He has the speed to the outside. Um, you know, surprising um, tackle-breaking ability and some of that physicality that he brings. He runs hard on every single down. And uh, in his three seasons, over 3,600 yards on the ground, back-to-back -back years with at least 1,400 yards, 34 touchdowns in his career, 116 receptions. So, I mean, that's the most of, of anybody in this year's draft class. And, uh, you know, he's a two-time All-American, um, uh, really a weapon. Yes, he's going to be a change of pace back. Yes, he's undersized. But, you know, Darren Sproles was able to carve out a nice career for himself. And I think Deuce Vaughn is a guy that's absolutely going to be able to do that as well. So, got through the running backs. Time to jump into the offensive linemen. Uh, OL1 will be uh, Alan Ali, the center out of TCU, 6'5", 300 pounds, versatile. I think that's really the biggest thing that you see for him. Left tackle, right tackle, left guard, center for SMU. Uh, started at center, which ultimately allowed Steve Avila to move to, to guard. And uh, this was a guy that um, I think is athletic. I think he struggled at times to anchor, so those are going to be some things that you're going to be looking for there. Jake Andrews out of Troy, 6'3", 315 pounds. You know, center guard ability, so the versatility is absolutely there. Want to see the type of athlete that he is, and what can he do? Um, you know, is he limited to one position, or it, it, does he look smooth um, at both interior line positions? If he is, then that's just going to improve his draft stock. Then you have Maasala Almave Laulu. Uh, out of Oregon, 6'6", 315 pounds. Uh, I, I think he's still pretty raw. 
but you see the athleticism, a guy that can get out and pull and, and get out in front of those running backs and can be a devastating blocker. There's the physicality as well, uh, but I, I think this is a guy that, you know, he can drop his anchor and he can be effective uh, versus the bull rush. I think he's pretty stout at the point of attack, very athletic. So there's some tools there, but again, very raw. A guy who may end up kicking inside to, to guard when it's all said and done, but uh, you just, you love the athleticism. Then there's Steve Avila. 6'4", 330 pounds. Mentioned that he also played center there for the Horned Frogs before moving to guard. I think guard is ultimately going to be his home. This is a guy uh, who is, is tremendously physical. He can anchor at the point of attack. Uh, but look, I, what I really took away from that national championship game was his play against Jalen Carter. You know, this is a guy who showed his ability to uh, keep this guy in front of him. Um, and not many guys were able to block big number 88. You know, he used his hands to keep his distance from, from Jalen Carter. Uh, you know, Carter tried to work to the inside, but again, that hand placement right on that right shoulder pad as he was trying to work up the field, was able to square him up. And uh, Duggan was able to get rid of the football later on. You know, he tries to attack the outside, does a really good job showing that lateral quickness to his left. Carter works back to the inside, able to change directions and really keep Carter from getting any penetration. So. You know, that's textbook, you know, and, and being able to, you know, in that pass protection. And then he's physical in the running game, can get out and pull a little bit. To me, he's, he's my number two guard behind um, Osiris Torrance. You know, and, you know, I think there, there are reasons for that. And I think he's going to be able to showcase, you know, some, some short area quickness to go along with a ton of power. Um, Henry Bainavalu, uh out of Washington, 6'7", 307. This dude has got 35-inch arms. I mean, it's freaking huge. Um, he's very tough along the interior. Um, you know, can, can pull a little bit you know, and seal guys off, um, get his hips around. So I, I think he's a much more fluid athlete that people kind of give him credit for and uh, a guy that I think is going to continue to improve his draft stock. Um, and he'll probably send guys back to looking at the tape. I think he'll have a pretty decent combine. T.J. Bass out of Oregon, 6'4", 325, a guy that's played a lot of positions there for the Ducks. You know, they, they really get creative with, with moving guys around. I think Bass is going to be a, a guard at the next level, um, you know, limited athletically, but a guy that just gets the job done. Then you have Matthew Bergeron, 6'5", 315 out of Syracuse. Um, you know, is he a guard? Is he a tackle? Um, I, I think teams are going to be looking for him to, to kind of play both. Um, here at the combine, very long arms. He's physical in the running game. Um, when he locks out those arms, keeps those feet moving, he can generate a ton of movement. Um, he'll, his pad level will get a little high at times in pass, in pass protection. I think you know the technique; he can really get dialed in. He's such a tremendous athlete. You look at the five uh, sacks that he gave up. You know, and obviously there's going to be be concern there. But man, football in the Notre Dame game. Watch him take on Isaiah Foskey and just how easy he is to pick, you know, picking up Foskey with a kick slide, extends those arms, able to control, control him, not allow him to gain any ground. He can anchor. You know, Matthew Bergeron's one of those guys who's going to be a top five, you know, top six offensive tackle in this year's draft class probably. Uh, Earl Bostic out of Kansas. 6'6", 315. I think there's some tools to work with here. Kind of a raw offensive tackle, but a guy that, that played well for the Jayhawks, blocking for Jalen Daniels. Uh, keep an eye out for him in, in that third day of the draft. Anthony Bradford is 6'4", 365. Uh, you know, he's played tackle 
for LSU for the Tigers, but I, I think his game is going to be at guard. Um, could be a top 10 guard in this draft class. Uh, Nick Broker out of Mississippi, 6'5", 305, uh, was a tackle for them, left tackle, came back for another year and uh, kicked inside the guard, and that's obviously where his home is going to be. Um, he can play with excellent leverage. He love the hands getting under that pad level. He can drop anchor when you need him to. At very athletic, pulling, getting outside. Uh, keeps his butt down, drops his weight, anchoring and pass protection as well. You love the athleticism. At times, he got blown back off the ball. So you, you want to see that ability to anchor consistently. But I think Nick Broker, top five guard in this draft class. McClendon Curtis is a big dude out of Chattanooga, 6'7", 340. We know what happened with Cole Strange being drafted in round number one. McClendon Curtis is not going to be that guy, but I think it's one of those things, just introducing, reintroducing himself. You know, he was there at the Senior Bowl. Uh, you know, A guy that you, know, you just want to see the movement skills for a guy that big. Braden Daniels out of Utah, 6'4", 297 pounds, very active hands. A guy that played left tackle for the Utes. I think you know that versatility, because uh, he's a guy that I think will ultimately kick inside to guard. But that versatility is absolutely something that you want to see. Uh, he can get beaten off the ball at times. Uh, so that's one of the things, having to deal with some of that speed. He, he will struggle with that. You know, He'll struggle with getting overpowered at times as well. Uh, but the, the, the feet uh, is something that you still see from him. It's just these weird reps. You know, he'll get beaten inside. And, uh, you know, he's late with his hands, and uh, he'll get overpowered at times at the point of attack. So uh, a guy that I, I think, you know, as an athlete is definitely impressive, but uh, needs to continue to work on some of his technique and, and get a little bit stronger. Jalen Duncan of Maryland, 6'6", 315. It's funny, people are all over the map with him. Some people think that he's a first-rounder. Some people think that he may end up falling all the way to day three. What I see with Jalen Duncan is the athleticism. When you watch him in the mirror drill, you're going to see a guy who has that flat back and and sits down, and you're going to see that typewriter feet, the ability to mirror guys and change directions very well. Um, that's something that you definitely see with the kick slide. Um, guys will try to, to use that speed to power, get the hands into his chest, but he's able to drop his weight and anchor. Um, you know, he's aggressive firing, firing out of his stance and wants to get his hands on on guys. You know, I, I thought against Zach Harrison did a really good job of getting his hands on him before Harrison could use that length to his advantage. Did a great job at times getting those hands on JT Tuimaloau um, to stone him there on the edge. So he definitely has all the tools to be um, a, a top offensive tackle. But uh, this is a guy that you know, can also get called for holding. Um, so he's one of those guys that you have to make sure that you're moving your feet consistently. And uh, you know, I think for him it's more being consistent than anything else. But I think he'll be a guy that, that's going to have a great combine. Emil Echior, uh, 6'3", 324, a guy that can play center or guard. Um, physical at the point of attack. Um, decent lateral quickness as well. Does a great job picking up blitzes, so the, the awareness is absolutely there. Um, curious to see the type of athlete that he's going to be. Uh, Mark Evans out of Arkansas Pine, Pine Bluff, same same thing there. 6'4", 295. Um, what you're looking for with these smaller school guys is, you know, does do they belong? And, and Mark Evans is a guy that I, I think, you know, obviously tackle I think is going to be out because he, he's limited with his length, but a guy that, you know, you want to see is this a guy that, that has enough tools to ultimately play guard at the next level? 
Alex Forsyth out of Oregon. I think he's a top five center in the draft. 6'3", 303, and you know, just a, a veteran presence. Um, not the best athlete by any means, but the technique is absolutely there. You see him consist- consistently shooting those hands inside. You see his ability, that, that leg drive, once he gets his hands on you in, in the running game, driving guys down the field. He wins with leverage. And when he does that, does it very well in that running game. Uh, good quickness and footwork. Uh, at times, again, you're just looking for consistency with him. Battled some injuries. Uh, so that's another thing to keep an eye out for. Then you have Blake Freeland out of BYU. He's 6'8", 305, and he moves very well. You know, very light on his feet. A, a guy that, that can pull, get out in front of guys. I just want to see more physicality in his, in his game. You know, he's one of those guys that I think can control guys there at the point of attack, but you're not going to see him create a ton of movement. I think he's one of those guys that needs to continue to build that lower half. Reminds me of Brady Chris, Christensen in that way coming out of BYU. John Gaines of UCLA, physical presence on the interior of the line, 6'4", 290 pounds. I think he'll show up, showcase his athleticism, show that he can get drafted. Look, he and his, and his uh, teammate, Antonio Maffi, um, two interior linemen for the Bruins. I think both of these guys are going to get themselves drafted because, look, you know they were opening holes left and right for, for Zach Charbonnet. Uh, so I think John Gaines is a guy to, to keep an eye out for, a guy that people aren't really talking about, but a guy that I think can absolutely get it done. Connor Galvin, Baylor, 6'7", 3'10". This was the Big 12 Offensive Lineman of the Year a season ago, um, but he needs to work on that pad level, man. He gets way too high you know, at 6'7". Poor hand placement at times, so he, he struggles with, with that. Um, I think you know he's a decent athlete, not a great athlete. Um, he can anchor versus the bull rush. The physicality is more his game. I think, if anything, you're, you're looking at Connor Galvin to ultimately be a right tackle at the next level. Then you have Richard Garage out of Florida. And Richard, you know, he, he's 6'5", 312 pounds, um, very active hands. I think that's one of the things that I definitely see. You see the movement in the running game as well. Uh, uses uh, his, his length at times to, to get his hands on the defensive lineman. Likes to use the long arm and, and drive guys off the football. Um, speed rush, um, struggles with that at times. Um, but but a guy who I think could be a, a nice uh, depth player at the next level. Jovan Gwynn out of South Carolina. Look, he's 6'1", 298. Length is going to be an absolute issue for him. Guys get their hand, you know, defensive linemen, defensive tackles, get their hands inside on him uh, way too often. So I think that's an area of improvement that you're going to need to see from him. Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma, 6'5", 315. Some people think he's a first-rounder. I think ultimately he should be coming off the board in round number two. Um, I think there's still some, some, you know, he's still raw at that position. I don't know that I necessarily want to use a first-round pick on him, but uh, you see really good mobility for a guy his size. Um, you know, he can be flat-footed at times, can be a little bit too upright, so he needs to watch out for that. But, uh, man, you know, when he's on, he's on. You see the, the punch at the point of attack. You see his ability to use that length to keep defenders at bay. You love the lateral agility, and then he can generate a ton of movement in the running game. Um, you know, he's got a, a hell of a uh, an offensive line coach and, and, and coach uh, Biedenbaugh, and uh, you know that athleticism, and then the change of direction for a guy his size. I think he's a definitely an ascending prospect, but I, I just I think he'll come off the board early round two. Ryan Hayes of Michigan, six seven, three oh five. Um, you know, did a decent job there at left tackle. 
for for the Michigan Wolverines. I think ultimately he's a right tackle. Um, you know, he's got definitely good pop in his hands, driving guys back off the football. Uh, extends those arms, very active hands. But uh, I think you know he's he, to me he feels more like a right tackle. You know, you see the physicality. You see his ability to drive guys off the ball in, in the running game. I think that's ultimately where Ryan Hayes is going to live at the next level. Paris Johnson Jr., 6'6", 3'10", there out of Ohio State. And uh, Paris Johnson, you know, the big question mark is who's the number one offensive tackle? And the fun that you're going to get is you've got Paris Johnson Jr. and then Broderick Jones. Right. Paris Johnson was a guy that played at a position. He was a left guard to start out his career, then moved to tackle. And um, he, he's a guy, to me, when I, when I watch him play, uh, you love the length. You love the, the athleticism. I think those are things that definitely drop uh, jump off the film. Um, you know, When I think of, of the top offensive tackle, I'm looking for guys that can dominate reps. Uh, you know, Just time after time after time. And uh, you see that consistency there. And uh, for me, I, I didn't see the, the dominance, uh, the, the the dominance out of him that I, that I saw out of Peter Skaronski. To me, I look at it and I, I think Peter Skaronski should be the number one offensive tackle in this year's draft class. We'll talk about Peter when we get to the to the S's. If you haven't noticed already, we are working in alphabetical order. Um, but uh, Paris Johnson. Definitely a, a, a tremendous athlete. You know, I, I think you can can't take that away from him. He uses that length to his advantage. Um, angles at times. You know, you watch that Georgia game, and uh, you know he struggled with, with some speed. Guys looping around late. You know, being able to pick guys up. But uh, one of the things that I loved was his ability to to reset his hands, reset his feet, um, being able to. Uh, you know who was it? Uh, you know, it was Michael Williams. You know, a, a talented freshman, and uh, you know was trying to take an inside move on him. Uh, really drove him back, uh, and then attacking his hands, reset those hands, got him under the pad level, and able to stifle any further rush. So that's some one of the things that I think you're looking for with guys is if they're beaten. Can they recover? Paris Johnson can absolutely do that. And when he's on in the running game, he can be a lead blocker for you. He can seal guys off. He can drive down the field. Really a lot of fun to watch there. And then Broderick Jones, um, he's a lighter guy, 6'4", 3'10". Um, very light on his feet, very quick out of his stance. Good hand placement um, and pass protection. You see the, the grip strength, ability to mirror is absolutely there as well. Um, He's a guy that, even when defensive linemen were, were beating him off the ball, he could recover because of that athleticism. But a guy who was definitely susceptible to that uh, that, that counter move back to the inside, uh, the change of direction at times, they catch him off guard, and uh, you know the athleticism is absolutely there. You see some physicality to his game, but uh, you know didn't always put it all together. To me, I've got Broderick Jones as my number three offensive tackle behind Skaronsky and Paris Johnson. Then you get to Dewan Jones, the mammoth offensive tackle. He's 6'8", 359, um, just so powerful at the point of attack. Uses his length, surprising you know, athleticism for, for somebody so big. Just moves really well for his size. Uh, you know, he's 
Um, I think people compare him to Daniel Falele. I look at him and I see a, another Phil Lodeholt, a guy that could hold down the right side of a line for a decade. That's really what I see with DeWan Jones. And, uh, you know, I'm expecting to see that at the combine. Jackson Kirkland, look, 6'7", 300 pounds, offers some versatility for you because he's played both tackle and guard for the Huskies. A guy who I think early on in his career was really looked at as a guy who could potentially be a first-round pick because, you know, the size, the length, the athleticism, could play with some power as well. Then injuries really derailed his career. And, uh, you know, I think he's looking to get back on track. The medicals are going to be huge for him. Uh, a guy who I think is going to get drafted, but just, you know, he's going to be a day three guy. You know, and this was a guy that we were talking about as a potential first-round pick. And then the injuries really set in, and he struggled to kind of get back to form after that. Brent Lang, Minnesota Duluth, 6'3", 298. This is going to be a, a guard at the next level. And, uh, you know, a guy who I think is a pretty good athlete, uh, be able to showcase that there at the next level. Deshaun Manning out of Kentucky, 6'4", 335 pounds, a bigger guard on the interior, a guy who, uh, you know, is known more for his physicality, especially in the running game. When when Chris Rodriguez was getting downhill, you know, he wanted to run behind Deshaun Manning between the tackles. Cody Mock out of North Dakota State is another guy who's very intriguing. Um, you see the athleticism. He's a converted tight end. A guy who's 6'6", 303, uh, was a left tackle there. Um, you saw the athleticism at the Senior Bowl. He really showcased his ability. You know, he, he proved that he belongs at, uh, at this level. A guy who, tremendous athleticism, his ability to anchor as well. Is he a guard? Is he a tackle? You know, I think he lacks some overall length. But you see that tight end athleticism that comes out of him. Very good punch at the point of attack. Excellent lateral agility as well. Uh, and you see the footwork that I think came from him being a tight end. This guy was a former walk-on as well. A guy who I think, you know, could he sneak his way into round number one because of that versatility? Absolutely. The athleticism as well. I think he may be an early day two guy, but he's not going to get, you know, too many picks into round number two. Uh, but definitely a guy that I think will be starting early in his career there at the next level. Warren McClendon out of Georgia, 6'4", 300. Uh, you know, a, a guy who has been holding down the right side there for Georgia and uh, split some time there with, with Mims, uh, Amarius Mims, there at, at the position. Um, athletic for, for that right tackle spot. A guy who probably is going to have to kick inside the guard, though, because you worry about that length there, especially at that right tackle spot. Jordan McFadden out of Clemson, 6'2", 305. I think he's going to also have to kick inside the guard. You see the hand placement. You see his uh, the feet working as well. Just that lack of ideal length. You know, he really has to work on the edge to beat guys to the corner. So I really think that guard is going to be his home at the next level. Wanye Morris out of Oklahoma, 6'5", 312. This guy has good power at the point of attack, good athleticism. He's a guy that I think we've just been waiting for him to really put it all together. Uh, John Ajukwu out of, out of Boise State, 6'5", 299 pounds. This is a guy who I think um, struggles at times with leverage. Um, so that's something that you're definitely going to be wanting to look for in, in drills but a guy that can drive guys back in the running game. I think he offers a little bit of, of lateral agility as well, but really it's, it's that ability to anchor. That's really the biggest worry that you have there. Moving on to Olu, Oluwatimi. And look, 
you know, it, it, he's one of the more polarizing offensive linemen in, in this year's draft class. You know, he's, he's 6'3", 307, Remy Turn Award winner, Outland Trophy, racked up a lot of the postseason awards, but when you put on the film, you know, yes, he was he was the leader of, of that offensive line, but, uh, you know, they're at Michigan that once again was, was top of its game, but he, he would get blown back at the point of attack. Didn't always get to anchor very well. Um, you know, if you watch that Fiesta Bowl, you know, Demonic Williams, the, the nose tackle, drove him back um, at first and goal from the one, really caused a poor exchange with uh, with Mullings, the running back, and J.J. McCarthy, ultimately recovered by TCU in the end zone. Um, you know, when he drops that pad level, drives into that tackle, he can generate a lot of movement. Um, you see the athleticism out of him as well. Um, uses his hands pretty well to attack that, that interior lineman, but I think this is a guy that, that he struggles to, to anchor. And that's one of the things, if you're a center, you're going to have to hold that point, and, and that's something that I think he definitely does struggle with. Um, you know, the agility is absolutely there as a puller coming around the edge. When he does keep that pad level low, he's going to drive guys back, and uh, very good hand usage as well. That's another thing that I think jumps off. Um, he can reset his feet and anchor, but you know, a lot of times if that momentum is coming backwards, he struggles with that at times. Um, I think he is pretty agile climbing to the next level. Um, you see some of the reach blocks to to allow guys to to get down the field. Uh, I, I think Oluwotimi needs to really change the narrative for him because there are a lot of people that are down on on his ability. They really look at him and say he's going to be a fourth or fifth round pick. So I, I think he needs to change that narrative. Jarrett Patterson, Notre Dame, 6'4", 307. This was a guy who played center for the Irish, moved to guard, and I think guard is ultimately going to be his home at the next level. Um, you see that grip strength, just latches onto guys, locks out those arms, and just does not let go. Plays with really good leverage, um, holds the point of attack pretty well, very active hands. Uh, you know, athlete, athlete-wise, you know, I think he's just a, he's, his athletic profile is just okay. I don't think he's a tremendous athlete by any means, but he can generate a ton of movement in the running game. And I'm actually curious to see uh, the athleticism that he that, that, that he displays at the combine. Is he somebody that is going to turn some heads? Uh, because I love the physicality in his game. I love that grip strength and his ability to anchor. But you know, if he can get out and, and showcase his ability to pull, showcase some of that lateral agility, I think that's just going to bode well for Patterson's draft stock overall because I think there's about six, seven guards that are really going to be wrestling for some of those top spots at that position. And uh, I think Patterson is definitely going to be one of those guys. I see Richards out of North Carolina, 6'4", 315. And uh, look, another guy who's, who I think is pretty light on his feet. I thought he did a decent job handling uh, Miles Murphy out of Clemson, a guy who you know is being talked about as a, a top 20 pick. At one point talked about as a top 10 guy. I just, I think that's a little too rich for his blood. Uh, but uh, ultimately, a guy who's going, he's not going to get past uh, past 20, uh, I, I don't believe. But uh, you love the, the footwork, the ability to show those, those power steps back to the inside, hold up with really good leverage, hands underneath that pad level, very quick out of his stance on the kick slides, able to pick up the edge rushers on the outside. Again, light on his feet, uh, very patient as a, as a pass blocker as well. Uh, not overly physical in the running game, so I think that's really where you're going to want to see his game continue to develop. Nick Saldaveri out of Old Dominion, uh, 6'6", 307, a guy that showed up at the Senior Bowl. I thought 
know, held his own, looked pretty good. Um, I, I think he offers positional versatility as well because I think he can play tackle or guard. Um, and, and a guy that I think is going to be a, a solid day three pick. Want to just showcase some of those movement skills there at the Combine. John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, 6'4", 320. Obviously the, the top center in this draft class. Um, 23 starts in his career, uh, first-team All-American, the first Golden Gopher to actually be a first-team All-American since Antoine Winfield in 2019. Uh, just so athletic. Uh, that's one of the things that you absolutely see, his ability to pull, get outside, uh, but you love his ability to anchor as well. You, know, you watch the Senior Bowl, and this guy just put on a show, right? I mean, he was, he was climbing to the second level, showcasing that athleticism, understanding angles, and uh, out there in the open field as well, but then his ability in the one-on-ones to anchor, drop his drop, drop his his butt, drop his weight, and, and really stone guys there at the point of attack. Showed some lateral agility as well. I think John Michael Schmitz could be a first-round pick, likely going to be a, a second-rounder though. I mean, I thought Creed Humphrey was absolutely going to be a first-round pick. He wound up falling to, to the second round. I think that's going to happen to Schmitz as well. But I think he solidified himself. As, as probably the number two interior lineman in this draft class. Juice Scruggs out of Penn State, 6'2", 308. Look, this isn't a strong center draft class. So I think Juice Scruggs is one of those guys that uh, you know has a chance to get himself drafted late. And uh, you know I think that, that combine performance, you know, let's, let's see some athleticism out of him. Let's see his ability to get out and pull and uh, see his ability to, to drop his anchor as well. Uh, so those will be things that I'll be looking forward to with, with Juice. Uh, then I mentioned Peter Skaronsky earlier. Big number 77 for the Northwestern Wildcats. 6'4", 294. This is a guy who he's not on par as an athlete at, uh, with Rashawn Slater, but very technically sound, much like Slater. A guy that uh, you know, you're going to see him drop that, that anchor. You're going to see him be very light on his feet. You see the hands. You see his physicality. So that's one of the things that a lot of these guys are. They're either very physical and they struggle with the athleticism or they're very light on their feet and they struggle with the power. This guy does both phenomenally well. Plays with that low pad level, consistent pad level, very consistent with his hands. Uh, you know, that hand placement is going to be key for him. And uh, you know, a lot of people think that he may kick inside to guard. I think he's going to be a tackle at the next level. Let's not. Uh, you know, NFL is a copycat league. We know what happened with Rashawn Slater. He fell to, to 13 to the Chargers. I don't think Peter Skaronsky gets out of the top 10. He shouldn't at least. Because I think you know, while he's not the same type of athlete, this is a guy who's going to be a technician that's going to be working for you there at that left tackle spot. And I think he's a guy who's going to be playing for a long time in the league. I think this is going to be a way for him to really showcase that. You know, I'm curious to see that that uh, you know the kick slide drills. I think he'll be effortless, and then that mirror drill. I think you're just going to see the typewriter feet, uh, you know, being able to to slide and make it look effortless. Then you have City Sow out of Eastern Michigan. Look, 6'5", 326. He's a big, big dude. Uh, difficult to move off the off the point of attack. Uh, not the most uh, nimble footed guy but you know he moves pretty good for a guy his size um, he's really a guy that I think is going to end up being a top uh, draft pick in the Canadian Football League um, you know I don't know that he gets drafted he's probably going to end up being a, an undrafted free agent but definitely a guy who I enjoyed watching there uh, at Eastern Michigan really the, the the leader of that offensive line 
Tyler Steen out of Alabama, the transfer from Vanderbilt. Uh, I thought there was really a lot of good tape with, with Tyler Steen. Um, there on the left side for, for Bama, a guy that I think continued to get better as the season went on. He's a guy that I think if he can showcase some of that athleticism, get people going back and looking at, at more of his tape, um, he's a guy that I think could end up being an ascending prospect and, and really kind of moving up boards at the right time. Ricky Stromberg, 6'4", 310 out of Arkansas, a veteran center, uh, a guy that I think a lot of people talk about. I think he will get himself drafted, plays with excellent leverage at times, but this is a guy who's also very inconsistent. It doesn't always keep those feet moving, and uh, you know he's going to get himself into trouble. So he's a guy that has to show showcase that ability to not only anchor, showcase some athleticism, but then also be able to continue driving those feet because, man, once he stops doing that, he, he loses momentum on a lot of his blocks, and uh, you know he's a guy that could be drafted as high as, as day two, but uh, I think we'll probably end up coming off the board sometime in the middle of day three. Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin, 6'6", 317, uh, the one center underclassman that decided to come out. But this is a guy that I think does a really good job, you know, sealing guys at the point of attack, very aware of uh, picking up blitzes as well. I think that's something that you definitely see good leverage at the point of attack, pretty good agility, uh, pulling, and, uh, you know, Wisconsin offensive lineman, you know, you know what you're getting with them. You're going to see guys that are that are very physical. He's a he's a taller center, you know, at six foot six. So you know you're going to get some some really nice length out of him as well. I think he'll be a top three center in this draft. I think he's going to be right behind, um, obviously Schmitz and then Josh Whipler of Ohio State. Osiris Torrance, Florida, six five, three hundred thirty two pounds, showed up at the Senior Bowl and just absolutely dominated. Absolutely dominated. Um, you know, it just looked like a man out there. You know, the strength. I'm curious to see what that, how many reps at 225 he puts up in the bench press. So strong at the point of attack. You know, what's crazy about him is 3,006. Uh, I'm sorry, 3,065 career snaps. Never allowed a single quarterback hit or sack. I mean, just think about that. You know, that I mean, that's tremendous. Um, what I loved was, you know, again, film against Jalen Carter using those hands to drive him up the field and away from his quarterback. Um, you know, play, when he plays with leverage, it's absolutely ridiculous just driving guys off the ball, driving guys into the ground. You see the leg drive, you see the leverage, you see the strength, the grip strength as well. Just curious to see that athletic profile. Just how quick is he laterally? So he's carrying you know, a lot of weight, 6'5", 332. Um, for as physical as he is, I think he's, uh, he's going to surprise people with that athleticism as well. Andrew Voorhees out of USC, 6'6", 320. We know he's athletic. He's played both tackle and guard for the Trojans, a guy that can climb to the second level in a hurry, um, plays with excellent leverage. The handwork is is there as well. Um, you know, a guy that just needs to be a little bit more consistent, got hit with, with some injuries during his time there with the Trojans. But uh, look, you know, you get him out on the move, you allow him to pull, you allow him to get into space. Uh, you know, he, he's absolutely phenomenal there. Uh, you love the footwork. Just want to see some additional physicality to his game. Uh, you see that at times, you see that pop. But, uh, you know, if you can put all of that together, I think, you know, when you're looking at Andrew Voorhees, he's not getting out of day two of the draft. Uh, he's a guy that I think will end up being the, the, the probably the third or fourth guard taken. You know, I've got Osiris Torrance, and then after him, I've got Steve Avila, and then Andrew Voorhees uh, right after that. 
Dalton Wagner of Arkansas, 6'9", 331. Obviously, when you see a guy who's 6'9", pad level is going to be a concern. But this is a dude who uh, you know, Arkansas wanted to run the football. Uh, Sam Pittman, they, they love that physicality. And that's exactly what Dalton Wagner is going to bring. You're going to see this dude generating a ton of movement off the line. Um, when he tries to climb to the to the second level, you're going to see him kind of dip his head. He lunges at guys, misses those blocks, but uh, man, he can he can use that power to his advantage. It's just the quickness, you know. Uh, that, that's really the biggest thing that he struggles with, um, and so that's really the biggest thing that you're going to have to have to look for. Um, you know, but that's. That, that inability to handle the edge. I think, if anything, Dalton Wagner's probably going to have to kick inside to guard uh, at, at the next level. Carter Warren, 6'5", 325, uh, a guy who can climb to the next level. You see him seal off guys. You know, he understands angles really well, the knee bend, the hand placement. Um, to me, though, with, with Carter Warren, um, you know, I love the footwork. I love the, you know, the ability on the kick slide. Um, you see his ability to wall off. Uh, secondary moves, really nice feet to keep the guy in front. I just thought that the tape was a little inconsistent at times, so that's why I don't think he's going to come off the board as high as I think people were expecting initially. But uh, he's a nice, he's a nice tackle prospect, and uh, I think he'll he'll do well um, showcasing some of his athleticism. Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, 6'6", 335. Is he a first rounder or is he a second rounder? That's really the biggest question mark, right? I mean, at right tackle, he went up against some some big time names. Um, you know, there's good reps uh, against Jalen Carter, really good reps there um, against Clemson, against, you know, KJ Henry, and uh, showcased his ability to recover. But it's the physicality of the running game, his ability to, to bury guys on the edge as well, the physicality that he plays with. Tremendous power in his hands to, to really stun defensive ends and really slow their, their, uh, their, their rush. Lateral agility is absolutely there. Um, did a great job against Will Anderson, uh, being able to to keep up with him to the edge there. Uh, that kick slide, very light on his feet. Um, power step to the inside against Will Anderson after he had that jab step inside. Anderson did loop back around to the outside, cross the space a little bit. So that's one of the things that uh, you know I saw with Darnell Wright was those quick secondary moves, fakes inside. That gets outside on you. He's once he once he commits, and a lot of guys at the next level are going to do that. Uh, but if he can get his hands on it on you early, I think the rep's just about over. And then there's Luke Whipler out of Ohio State. I mentioned him earlier as my number two center, 6'3", 300. The redshirt sophomore is a guy who just is a he's he's tough man. Plays with excellent leverage. Shoots those hands under the defensive tackle pad level quickly off the snap. Gets those hands inside. Moves really well. I think he's going to be uh, just showcase some some excellent athleticism, and uh, you know had a, had a really good reps against Jalen Carter there in the Peach Bowl as well. Um, at times could get called for for holding, but uh, a guy that I think does a really good job anchoring at the point of attack, and uh, could be uh, you know if a team's looking for a pivot and you can't get get your hands on John Michael Schmitz. You know, Luke Whippler is not a bad consolation prize. Ohio State centers seem to do very well at the next level, and I think Luke Whippler is the next guy to be able to do that. So we've been able to go through all 27 running backs and all 50 offensive linemen. So that really puts a wrap on the pre-combine edition of the Ready for the Draft podcast. Again, these guys will be taking the field 
later on today. Make sure you tune into the NFL Network, get all of that combine coverage, and then after the combine has been completed, we've gotten all four days out of that, then I'll be putting together a post-combine edition where we really put a bow on the NFL Combine and the workouts and really talk about who stepped up, who really won the Combine, who are guys that have some work cut out for them during their their individual pro days, and uh, then we'll start getting into mock drafts, and we're going to start talking about free agency and what that's going to mean for the draft as well. So it's an exciting time. If you're a fan of the NFL Draft like I am, Favorite time of year. Let's go. So until next time, for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your week. And until next time, I am out of here.